Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb.Dot listeners. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrodi, two of my friends and colleagues from Tavana nonprofit organization. Uh, in, at Tavana, we always care about any individuals with needs in cultural and psychological issues. And we are happy to work with Radio Bomb.Dot, and we hope our listeners are enjoying our program. Uh, today, we are going to talk about uh, technology and the reason we picked this topic. We three of us were um, looking at a clip that we received, and in that clip was a lot of information for the future of technology that uh, we started our session with talking about that, and then we decided to share with our listeners. So let's talk about uh, benefits and, I mean, the positives and negatives of technology. And in today's world, we know that we are constantly connected with technology, with internet, um, with um, just anything in the cloud. So hello to my friends, and we start our conversation. Hi, this is Dr. Alex Andrade uh, here with Daniel. Daniel, I know you're, you're itching to jump in here too. Uh, I just wanted to jump in real quick before you did and just uh, say, I think this is a great topic. Um, I mean, there's so much technology, even as we're talking, you know, we're connected through like five modes of technology right now. We can like text each other. We can see the video. The, we got the microphones, uh, headphones. I mean, there's so many things kind of going on right now at once yet we're still kind of managing to kind of keep our attention for the most part uh, we'll maybe get into that about how technology i think can take away from some of our interaction uh but uh yeah no i think it's one of those things where you can try to fight it but it's it's kind of all around us in that way i say go ahead and fight it it's okay <laughs> whether it's all around me or not i i can still fight it Keep in mind, this is coming from somebody whose uh, bachelor's degree was in computer science. I did program for several years, program video games, actually. But it was an interesting breakaway from that. I left that field. I felt like, eh, I don't know. I need to have a computer right away again. So in my first year or two of graduate school, I didn't have my, what was it? And it was, it was. I think that it is, I read a piece of wisdom, and I think it was like the Tao Te Ching or Wahoo Taoist books of wisdom. What they said in there, which was very interesting, they said that the wise person looks at new developments or new technology and thinks about in what ways it will benefit, thinks about in what ways not better cost negative. And I thought, what a nicely balanced view. It's not like we don't just fully wholeheartedly jump on something new. And we, and we don't also dismiss it outright. We see that in lots of people, lots of them. So I think that was a good one. So basically, uh, I believe that, uh, you know, a balance, as you said, Daniel, it's always great because we know that how much we can do with technology, where it can takes us if we use it too much. Um, and we can see that sometimes the relationship between members of the families have been affected because of this. Everybody is busy with their phone, with their laptop, with their iPad, and there's no human connection. And we are so much into our own world when we are 
just us and the technology pieces that we work, we use, that sometimes we just lose connection. And that's the only piece that sometimes I'm concerned because even I see when we get together as a family, sometimes I realize that everybody is on their iPhones mm -hmm. and they're sharing something either from iPhones, information that they're seeing, they laugh individually. And then we ask, so what's going on? Share, you know what I mean? It's like there isn't as much uh, human connection as we used to. I think it definitely is a balance. I mean, I think it's one of those things where you can keep people connected in a way that they maybe normally haven't. I mean, to to just to, you know, text somebody kind of randomly uh, to be able to, I think even like transportation to be able to book your flight online real quick, uh, to be able to, you know, call a, a Uber or a Lyft, uh, uh, transportation, you can track the bus, track the train uh, in major cities. I mean, it, it, it creates some ease and access maybe in a way. Uh, I think it is a double-edged sword too. I was uh, kind of, I, I like to complain about different things. And one of the things I like to complain about is, uh, you know, with the phone industry, you know, people can, you know, get a phone, you know, a lot of these phones are, um, there's like no, no APR, no annual percentage rate for you know, 24 months uh, for a lot of these phones now, but they're cost like a thousand dollars. And so like people who maybe can't quite afford it are, you know, having these phones and incurring these, these bills and these expenses. And yeah, it allows them access, but at what cost? And so I think it's one of those things. I mean, you look at these major companies, Apple, Amazon, Google, I mean, these companies are, you know, wealthy beyond anything we can imagine, wealthier than uh, countries, if you will. Uh, and so, I mean, I think there's a cost in that way in regards to, accessing this and, and having this to some degree it's it's something that if you don't it can actually kind of limit you in some way do you think the cost is more financial cost or a human connection cost or some other type of cost that's a great question yeah i think i mean just thinking you know definitely financial definitely human connection uh, you know, I wonder too, if it even, you know, uh, we, we know that some of the rates of depression and anxiety are, are higher than they've been in, in decades. You know, I always think of the idea of like instant gratification where people are just able to jump on their phone and connect in, in this maybe, you know, not so authentic way. Um, yeah, we can send a text. Uh, but I mean, like I was mentioning, you know, you can see people on their phone for hours and hours and it's like, how much are they really feeling closer to somebody in that way, even texting itself. I mean, I always say there can be so much lost in communication in regards to, you know, I text Daniel and I say, Hey, you know, where are you at? And he reads it as like, Hey, where are you at? Like, you're supposed to be here already. And he gets offended at me or something like that. And so, uh, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's, it's not a perfect machine in that way. Well, what we want to think about too, I think a good way to think about it is any activity or instrument can be used in a number of different ways, can be used constructively or destructively, essentially. So reading a book, I can read a book <clears throat> in order to learn something and to grow, or I can read a book if I wanna just be distracted or wanna check out and not talk to my wife, right? So it can be used in a, not a very good way. Or I could read a book on how to shoot guns or something like that if I was gonna do something bad. Yeah, but it could be used any number of ways. Yeah, but with technology, there's a vast benefit, as Alex was mentioning. I mean, just the accessibility 
to shopping, to um, getting places, even security, because everywhere you are, it seems like you have something in your hand that you can contact people, you can let them know where you are, what's happening, you can even take pictures. Um, you know, right now, we are living at a time that everything is being documented. It seems like, you know, in a way, somebody is watching you all the time. And um, I don't know if it's really good or bad, but in general, I feel like the benefits seem to be more than um, lack of benefit, you know, because you can use it. It's all about uh, the controlling of your own behavior. It seems like sometimes we lose uh, time by being on the computer, checking different things. But um, I remember we had a training, we always had training, not only in how to use the technology, but also sometimes we had um, some speakers and presenters from Google to come and talk to us how we can use our time and time management by technology because sometimes we forget about the time. And I remember one of the presenters from Google was telling us that you only check your emails twice per day. And of course, that was for work, you know, because he was just saying, if constantly you're checking your emails, you don't get to do your work. You don't get to focus on other things. So if you do once early in the morning so that you have access to all the information you need to have and check once in the afternoon around five o'clock, so let it let go of this checking all the time and that was interesting to me that um nowadays we have information in our hand in a second and it's hard not to check it yes when it was only your computer and it was set up at work you didn't have access from your phone it was different you know so there are so many things about technology that benefits us and needs our own control and our own behavior about it. I like that idea of checking your email just twice. It's kind of a, it's kind of, it's simple, yet it's free from, it's like, I didn't see the movie or the documentary social. No, no. I haven't seen it. I've heard, I've, a lot of people have, have commented on it though. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like it's pretty powerful. Go, apparently goes over how they have used psychology, to figure out how to reinforce the use of those apps, which is end up people being, I did a presentation a few years and at that time, it was like 80% of people have their cell phone within arm's reach of them, like 24 seven, 24 <laughs> hours within arm's reach from wherever you are and reach out and grab them. So yeah. They're talking about addiction. It can be. An yeah. I mean, that has happened to me uh, several times that I have left my phone in my mom's house, in my sister's house, in our friend's house, came home and thought if I can leave it till tomorrow, but I couldn't. I just went back and I got it. You know what I mean? Talking about feeling like you're disconnected. If anything happens, you don't have your phone. And I couldn't wait till the next morning. Um, and it was so funny because one of these nights uh, last week, my son left his phone in our house. And then um, he actually emailed me. It said, I left my phone in, in your house. 
And I was swearing to myself that he's going to come back all the way to get his phone. And I said, okay, we are up. And then he goes, no, I come tomorrow morning. And I was just so surprised because I wouldn't have done that, you know? So comparing the new generation that you think they're, they're raised and, and grown with technology, I wasn't thinking he would do that. But it just gave me some sort of uh, positive, you know, feeling that this is really good because he could have come all the way to get his phone. And uh, that was that was a good thing. It, I was happy about that, that he's not addicted to have within the reach 24-7, as you said, Daniel. It's funny. It reminds me there was this phone a while back. I, I'm sure it's still out, but it was like meant to be simplified where I think it didn't even text. I think it was just like literally a phone. And I remember being really interested in it. But the problem was, I was like, well, I travel. And so like, I need it for, I need my phone for Lyft. I need it for Uber. I, you know, uh, I have my bank account on there. Um, and so it's like, those things are so essential. And, and, and part of the technology, part of the phone that I was like, even if I want it to disconnect in some ways, like, you know, I'm hooked. I, I, I can't, you know, not even just, you know, phone and texting what it's meant for, uh, but, you know, those other daily things that we need our, our phone for it. So it's, it's definitely tricky. I think it's most people now, yeah, it's like losing, it's like leaving your arm somewhere. Like, you know, I don't have my arm. How am I going to function? So, yeah, I think most people are like, oh yeah, I'll turn back around. I, I did that one time too. I was like updating my phone or something. And it was taking a long time. So I left it at, uh, at home. And back then my uh, assistant at the time, I told her, Oh yeah, you know, normally I would tell her, you know, text me if you need me. She was like, Oh, I was texting you. I was like, Oh, my phone's at home. And she was like, well, do you want to go home? Do you want to go get it? And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm like, you just have to find me today. Like you can't text me. You have to do what people used to do and get up and walk around and see if you can find me. Uh, and so, yeah, it's definitely one of those things. Most people are like, oh my God, how do you not go get your phone? And now with the cover that you have all your credit cards and your, uh, <laughs> my mom has one of those too. <laughs> your, your driver license and everything in one thing and the camera taking pictures, you know, I was on a trip just lately and I was giving my camera my phone to some people passing so they can take a picture of all of us and I was just thinking oh my gosh I have all my important um, you know uh, uh, cards in this and I'm giving to strangers if they just take it and run away what do I do and the whole time rather than you know posturing for the camera I was just worried about my stuff in the hands of a stranger so you're like ready to run if you need to ready to go chase somebody yeah exactly <laughs> this is positive uh, aspect of technology right? yeah that's why my pictures are all ruined it shows that how worried I am <laughs> I'm just joking uh, we are getting to our first break, uh, we come back and continue our conversation about technology, the benefits and the lack of benefits. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد، من به اتفاق دو تن از دوستان و همکارانم دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندرادی در خدمت شما هستیم و امروز رو اختصاص دادیم به صحبت در مورد تکنولوژی. Uh, چیزهایی که در مورد تکنولوژی خوبن و چیزهایی که در مورد تکنولوژی ممکنه uh, انقدر مفید نباشن برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو 
با دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندرادی ادامه می with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and we are continuing our conversation uh, about technology. If you just uh, turn on your radio and you're listening to us, the first uh, part of our conversation was in general where we are going with technology and whether we are uh, using it too much or uh, whether it's our own behavior that we need to control. And now we are continuing with uh, our conversation. I was thinking of the, the video that you uh, shared with us where it was a professor, I'm not sure where he was from, was talking about the advancements of technology. And one of the things that he mentioned, I, I think that was very interesting to all of us is this idea of you know, being able to have the access to the internet uh, via like contact lenses. And uh, I was thinking of uh, several years back, Google attempted to make these, uh, well, they did, they made these uh, Google glasses, I think they were called. And they they didn't seem to really kind of take off. Uh, I remember reading about them a little bit, but uh, the idea I think is at that time, maybe seemed very, very strange or very foreign, but I'm I'm not too, I'm convinced it's not too far off. Uh, It reminds me of this last weekend, uh, I was showing my parents, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with AR, uh, augmented reality, and it uh, relates to a lot of uh, shopping websites now, like uh, Target has it, I know, Wayfair has it. And what you do is you can like see a piece of furniture inside of your house. And it's so interesting because you literally just click the button, then drag like a little X or something like that. And then the item will pop up inside your home. And it was so funny because I was showing my parents and my mom was like, you, you have a couch like that? Like, where did you take that picture? And I was like, no, 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 it's, it's like AR it's happening right now. And she was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Like, it looks like the chair is right there. And I was like, yeah, it's so strange. Like that can be something that, you know, at one point we can maybe have that with glasses or contacts or something like that. Uh, I think it's something, you know, maybe five years ago, we would have thought, you know, the idea of being able to connect to the internet and even something like AR, you know, might be something that's, you know, further out uh, than it is. But uh, yeah, I I could see it maybe not being that unrealistic. What were your guys' thoughts or reactions to the idea of like being connected to the internet via like contacts? Well, what you were saying earlier was, or no, Saide, you were saying this earlier, blink and be connected to the internet. Yeah. Uh, I said, I don't, I don't want to be connected to the internet every time. <laughs> and you also I, mentioned how many times you are going to be off and on by blinking. Well, yeah, we all <laughs> blink a lot. I don't get that. In that video, the guy said, oh, you're blinking and be connected. Well, which blink is going to be the connecting? And Is it disconnect by blink too? Or what? how do you disconnect? <laughs> I don't know. The professor didn't talk about that, but it was just amazing where we are going with robotic system in every aspect of life, in health, in um, 
uh, work at work in every aspect uh, of personal needs that you use technology. It was very interesting, but uh, I can see where we are going with technology because just think about within a few years uh, where we are now with all these different extensions um, from Chrome, different extensions in different programs, all these apps, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be uh, different soon. But I was just going to say the emotional problems, because using social media uh, can make you feel more connected to the world. But comparing yourself to others can leave you feeling inadequate or left out because you're always, you know, away from actual social life, but only in media. And it was a recent study that they looked at this. And uh, in that, they were using uh, 1,700 people between ages of 19 and 32. And the researchers actually found as a result of this study that those with high social media use felt more socially isolated than those who spend less time on social media. So that was really eye-opening. And also the researchers said that there might be an association between problematic internet use and depression, substance abuse, aggressive behavior. Especially we know that young people are so much into the face value of things and they don't use inferences and use their executive function in which they still don't have. And they constantly are relying on what they see and what they hear on internet. Here's my question. What, when we say more connected to the world, whatever, but that's what you're saying, Sadie. What does it mean to be world? Well, imagine by internet, you can be in Italy and have a connection with somewhere around the world with different culture, with, you know, all the information internationally, you are connected to everywhere and everyone, wherever you want to go, you can go by that. Just think about it that now dating is online. Mostly you hear from pretty much almost everybody nowadays that uh, they're on dating sites. It's a good thing, but also it could be disappointing you know, uh, so you may run into disappointment after disappointment that may emotionally affect you. So maybe you're lucky and you get a chance and you meet someone that it works great. But think of how many times people are on dating sites and they get disappointed. And, um, you know, so I'm just thinking with depression thing, I remember um, especially in my career working with young, um, you know, generation, they look at, uh, at the time it was, I think, was it a space, uh, something before Facebook that uh, oh, MySpace, MySpace, mm -hmm. and then Facebook and now Instagram. Now, um, what is the one that, um, Snapchat yeah, and Snapchat TikTok and, and yeah, Twitter exactly. All and, these, yeah. yeah, all these, <laughs> these weird um, names, yeah. yeah, all these apps, uh, and all these, um, connection that they have you know they look at the pictures and they go oh my gosh look at this person's life they don't think the other person's life might be uh hell but they have a picture in front of ocean and they they really have just one shot of a good moment of life 
and they put it on Facebook and people are thinking, oh my gosh, they're in heaven. And they think they always are in heaven. They, they have that, they don't have that realization because their executive functioning is not working. They can't put things um, out of what they see. They can have that perception of life and experience to know that everybody's life has ups and downs. They just think this family is always by ocean and they're mm -hmm. just putting their pictures there. That was the reality. And how many people I have faced uh, in my career, the young people that they say that, they go, my life, is hell because I don't go anywhere, I don't do anything, but look at so-and-so, they always go here and there. And I sometimes had to work with them to say, listen, this is just a couple of pictures. You don't know what they, they the, their life is like. You know, you have to be real and get out of that mindset that whatever you see, this is what you think their life is like. It reminds me of that idea, that FOMO, fear of missing out, where it's just like you see these pictures and people are having fun and enjoying themselves. And you're like, oh, my God. And I think I think it's kind of transitioned to the other side, too, where you see these extremes now, which it's like people are having a great time or something's really bad. Uh, I, I would say, you know, there, there'd never be a reality show of me because it'd be like me on the couch, like debating which like movie to watch and like that's the you know that's not entertaining but it's real life i mean it's just like yeah i'm not always out partying or enjoying myself but doesn't mean it's horrible either and so i think what happens is people learn that like it's either one of these extremes things are either great or they're horrible and it's like no for a lot of times things are just kind of okay like i think it's hard for people to live in that gray area that being content i think we think of good and happy and great where it's like or you know depressed and and suicidal and you know horrible it's like well no most of the time things are just all right you're just kind of going about and like that can be okay and fulfilling enough and I think definitely social media kind of amplifies that while with this idea of like, you know, the, you know, the highs, you know, they have to be high highs or they either have to be real low lows. Spectacular highs. Yes. Right. Show every, the, I think the reality is that a good portion of everyone's life is a mundane reality, right? People have to go to the bathroom. People have to eat. It's, you know, people sleep and they don't look that great when they wake up and they're sleeping. All of that stuff is just the reality of life. And we get this skewed view of it from a lot of the social media because it's really selected out what gets presented. I think, though, in some ways, it's not so different from what TV was for people 20, 30, 40 years ago. TV often presents a skewed version of what is real. My sister pointed this out to me. And when you see the soap operas and their holiday celebrations, like a Christmas celebration on a soap opera, it's always so wonderful and beautiful and perfectly laid out. And most people's reality that, you know, this tree isn't quite perfect, or I don't have all these ornaments that look exactly the same. It's not put together by a design, my room, perfect, all that sort of a thing. I think the thing about the technology is, yep, technology is cool. It's great. It's handy. It's great stuff. But we have to recognize it as a tool that we can utilize in some way and not that it's going to solve all of life's problems. Mm -hmm. I think it gets marketed as here's the solution and I got to get one because everybody else has got one. They've got it going on. And I, if I want to get it going, then I got to get this too. It's a tool. 
Yeah, no, right. And Mayo Clinic um, had a, a research and, and actually announced that the unstructured playtime is better for a child's development's brain um, than electrical media stuff. Uh, at two years old, children can benefit for just a bit of a screen time but it shouldn't replace the playtime. And you can imagine that a child who is putting things together, figuring things out, rather than with a click to see it works on a screen, uh, the learning, um, I think, here would be interrupted by, uh, you know what I mean? It's like um, working on um, tools and uh, playing with different uh, figures they can learn and they can develop their brain better than just looking at the screen and with a couple of clicks, they get to where they want to go. And I remember there was a psychologist at the time that this, um, uh, what is it, uh, PlayX or uh, the, the game, the X, what is uh, the Xbox? Oh, that Xbox. was huge. I remember when I was... Um, at work, the kids always were behind because the parents were complaining about them using the Xbox. And that was the main issue of not getting to the academics and their education part. And the parents were desperate about how they can get this out of um, the site because they said wherever we put it, they want to get back to it. They have um, aggressive behavior if we cut the hours of playing the games. And it was a big issue. And I remember at that time, there was a psychologist who had done a research that how negatively some of these games affect uh, children's brain. Um, and even I had a client who was uh, in 20s and uh, he he was addicted to these um, games and um, he wasn't um, getting good grades at college. He wasn't connecting with his parents. Uh, it was a lot of issues in the family with him being all the time on these games. So when uh, you get really into the negative part of it and dealing with parents and families who are dealing with children in their homes with these issues, it's huge. And that was part of my life in uh, in a couple of years ago, working with young people all the time. And the complaint that parents had about the timing of use of technology, some of the kids go to bed four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, especially the ones that, um, you know, they have their own room, they have their own, you know, computer, they have their phone there, they have their TV there, they have their games. And you, I can't tell you how many interventions I had with kids that the parents were just begging that you help me. How do I work with this kid to sleep on time, to eat on time? They're eating junk food, sitting by the computer and playing games. And they have just a bunch of uh, packet of chips or Cheetos just to get by and play the games. So... What's wrong uh, with Cheetos? I love Cheetos, by the way. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just ordered a box of them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't the flaming hot Cheetos, you like? But 
Oh, hot Cheetos? Flamin' Hot, yeah, it's called Flamin' Cheetos. Oh, really? I haven't tried that. Hey, oh, nice. Hot Cheetos, I eat those. Dude, oh, oh, I know it's not, not good, but oh my gosh. They I catch fire. It. Light one on fire and you'll see it burns like a candle. I, I'm Are not joking. Serious? My friend showed me. He was like, look, it makes you question what's in these things if it keeps burning like a candle. I'm going to so. try tonight. I'm going to just have one of these Cheetos. They're the fat ones and I'm going <laughs> to fire <laughs> Set the fire, see what happens. We, we should have a disclaimer. Listeners, please do not uh, enact the things that we talk about on the show. Yeah. <laughs> we want to be responsible for, uh, see, this is one of the drawbacks of technology. We got people burning Cheetos now. <laughs> right, exactly right away. I want to, um, we should take a break, but after we come back from break, I want to hear again from you, Side A, about that study of unstructured playtime and the benefits of that. Okay, sure. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین من به همراه دوستان و همکارانم دکتر اندرادی و دکتر راکرز روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه در خدمتون هستیم و امروز داریم راجب تکنولوژی صحبت میکنیم یک بریک کوتاه میگیریم و برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو با شما ادامه میدیم We are back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and we continue our conversation regarding technology, the benefits. And if you just turn on your radio and you're listening to us, Saturdays and Sundays, we uh, have a, a psychological um, conversation with uh, Tavana organization and two of my colleagues, Dr. Andrade and Dr. Rockers, and myself, we are at Tabana Organization, which is a nonprofit organization. And um, we are very happy that we are working with uh, the Radio Bomb.Dot on Saturdays and Sundays from 10 to, uh, from 12 to one o'clock. Uh, to respond to your question, Dr. Rockers, about the unstructured play, why is it important? Um, play benefits all areas of child's development. One important aspect of this is unstructured play. And unstructured play uh, allows children the freedom to explore and create and discover without predetermined rules. But the technology games have so much rules and 
they doesn't uh, it they don't let the kids explore by themselves i mean i'm sure there there may be some games that they do that too because i know there's so many good games for math for writing and all that but in general usually what i have seen with the games um and maybe um you know someone who is really expert in this needs to respond to this but with the um, on a structured play, the kids have to explore on their own. So they use their brain. And I remember I was uh, at one point I was teaching social studies and American U US history to um, high school kids. And I remember at one point I was uh, reading a book about the presidents of the United States. And I was always sharing some of the stories of what happened that these presidents came to presidency. And one of the things that I learned about at least a few of them that are um, really important in the history of the United States, you read about Reagan, you read about Abraham Lincoln, you read about uh, George Washington, their childhood has been with limited amount of facilities and availability of um, you know, things that they could do. So they would just pick up things and they would explore, they would make things, they would. And I think that really develops the brain differently, that creativity and imagination, that problem solving abilities, that, um, you know, it's just, it's a whole different um, situation when you have on a structured games and then you use your own creativity. Do, are you suggesting then that an upcoming generation or some generations will be less creative? I can't say that because it's a really, it has to be a meta study about that. Um, I just know that working with some of the young people, I know they're limiting the number of screen time for their children. And it seems like this is the trend now that uh, everywhere I see the young parents, I see how much they're now taking the kids out for play, making sure they take care of the social life of their children so that they're not sitting on the computer. Because think about it, even health-wise, obesity. At, there was so many studies about the obesity of the children now that they are always on the screen and playing games. So there's so many benefits, but on the other hand, there is so many negativity about this, um, you know, use of technology in an extensive, uh, you know, way. I'm guessing that the trend of increasing technology stuff will parallel what has happened when we got fast food. With the advent of fast food, I, I believe that there were a lot more health problems over things like that, as well as other health problems like cardiac difficulty. So maybe what we'll see in the future is more mental health issues that go along with increasing reliance. I don't know. Your yeah. Thoughts? I mean, I can just say, um, you know, from the studies that are not 100% expert in that, but I read and I remember, especially working with young people, uh, there are problems with behavior, with less time to play and loss of social skills, 
obesity, sleep problems, violence. There were so many things I was dealing with within the time I was working. And also the sleep problems, as I shared, sometimes parents were saying the children get into so much technology that even their mind is not free at the time they're sleeping. And that. Um, and I remember even it was a study that, um, that, that was saying that exposure to blue light um, can suppress melatonin, melatonin, which is the hormone for sleep, and um, interrupts the circadian clock. Um, so right. all of that, you know, here and there, uh, especially during the time I was working with children, I was reading about, and then symptoms of digital eye problems also, like blurred vision, dry eyes, headaches, neck and shoulder pain, all of these are uh, the negative side of the technology. But then also, I don't want to sound like I'm saying all the negatives, but because I was dealing especially with young people, these were the things that the parents were complaining, especially because it was affecting the academic part of the children. Um, but I'm sure if you have the control, if you have the behavior um, that it's balanced, as we at the beginning talked about, it would be very beneficial. Definitely. There's no doubt we're talking about excessive use of technology without any, you know, time management. Kind of along those lines, I kind of wondered, I think before COVID, you know, I felt like we were on that trajectory where it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And as we were talking about everybody posting pictures of like all these great things, I felt like there was a moment in during the whole quarantine and COVID where people were realizing like, I can only be in my house on social media so much. Like it's, this is not life. Mm -hmm. It was the, I think the realization between how the two intersected where we can connect uh, via social media so we can engage in real life events and activities. And so I, I, I've kind of wondered as, and especially, I mean, one of the things that really spoke to me, I really noticed uh, during like quarantine when you can kind of go out a little bit, like I, I live right near a park. There were so many people out just going out for a walk. You know, this kind of, uh, I think that relates to that unstructured kind of play for adults in that way, where just going on a walk and be like, I just need to see something I don't expect to see. And just to be able to, you know, have that change of scenery where, yeah, you can be at home and you can scroll the internet and look at pictures of any beautiful thing around the world, but you're choosing to go for a walk because you could only skip stare at that screen for so long. And so I wonder now, given COVID, given, you know, post quarantine for the most part, you know, are we going to jump right back on track and continue to live our life through technology and social media? Or does it really emphasize the, the value and the importance of being able to get out in the world, especially given that we, we cross this threshold that we never envisioned of having to be kind of constricted or limited in, in a whole different way? So, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see if we see a a dip or change in some of these curves in regards to, you know, mental health issues and depression and things like that. If people are going to come out of COVID like, yeah, you know what, technology is great, but you know what, we need to unplug and go for a walk and we need to, uh, you know, get out a little bit more versus just kind of living through social media. The solution, if you want um, kids to use less social media is probably pretty simple. 
force them to use it. <laughs> that was very interesting suggestion. Require it. Yeah, Develop at school. That. Maybe at school require certain time during yeah, the day that you yeah, have you to, to be on technology. Right. You have to keep doing it. I, nope. We got to do another 30 minutes of this. Keep mm -hmm. Stay with it. That is so interesting. I never thought of that. That was creative. <laughs> that was very creative. But think about it, Alex. You were just talking about issues with, um, you know, COVID, staying at home, and and uh, you know, just getting too much of this. But that was a different psychological issue that we faced. It was so many aspects of that psychological issues into that. You know, people were worried. They wanted to be connected. They wanted to be out, see people because they were kind of like a prisoner at home. That's a different story. Um, but when you have the option, again, as, as Dan said, when you required something, that means you're not giving an option. It's required. Now, we were facing with COVID as something that was required, not being uh, around people, not um, in, you know, having um, close um, contact. Uh, we had to do social distancing. We had to wear masks. But then we wanted to be out because we were kind of forced to stay home most of the time. That's why I think the human nature and the psychological part of that was, I want to be out. I want to have the choice to go out and see other people. And that's why we were seeing that a lot of people were walking, were that way socializing with people. They were tired of technology. They were tired of listening to, to news. I'm tired of listening to COVID. Well, my uh, what I'm wondering, though, is the thing... If we're going to becoming less creative because of the playtime that's structured, and I think a lot of adults get stuck in that too, what I would foresee, or my prediction is that as in general, as a society, we become less creative. The paradox here, or the problem that I see is that with the increase of artificial intelligence, AI, taking over a number of the jobs or tasks that we can do, it appears that humans have become less relevant in terms of their skill sets because more skill sets are taken over by AI. But the one thing that AI, at least at this point, cannot do better than humans, that is creativity. It's generating new ideas. It can do things like search out different um, protein specifications to deal with a certain type of cancer molecule. But in terms of just being creative and coming up with new ideas or new associations, still not as good as humans and may never be as good as humans. So it's interesting if we're becoming less creative, the one thing that we have over AI is creativity. It would be a tragedy effect that way. True. But then also, I'm just thinking as you were talking about this, there's always one to five percent of the nation that are running uh, the important things, whether it's political decision making, whether it's uh, business, um, like economical decision making, and there's that one person, creative people who are creating all this technology. So I'm just thinking that creativity is just going to a certain number of people 
that they're creating these things. They're creating these apps. They're creating all this technology. And I remember even in that clip that I shared with you guys regarding the technology, I think it was at one part that, or maybe I'm mixing with another clip, that um, the businesses with technology are going to be successful, the ones that the middleman is out of the way. Yeah, that was so I think it was that one. And so like, um, as we are seeing the successful business people like um, Amazon, for example, you know, just think of anything that you don't have the middleman, that business. So the creativity goes to a point that you think of businesses that how can I come up with something that there's no middleman, and I can handle this with technology. You know, so for example, we know that now there are organizations that bring the food. So you are subscribed to them and uh, you order your food, you pick your choices, they send it to you uh, in a box that's very clean and nice. And you can say for how many people you want. So they provide the food for the entire week. And then because you're subscribed, you have so many different options and every week they bring different food to your home. You know, it's all packed, it's all clean, it's all, you know, safe because if they come in ice packed um, boxes. So think about it. Now we're thinking more and more, maybe the restaurants are not serving the way they were. Where we are going with this I'm just a little concerned about the social part of it because we go to restaurant, for example, the social part, even if you're sitting with your spouse, your friend or alone, but just having all these people in the restaurant, it just changes your appetite. It just makes you feel you're around people. But imagine you have all this wonderful food, but it's sent to your home and you're sitting every night every part of the week you're eating by yourself or with someone same and same but you're not out and enjoying you know being around people or friends or whatever and what if you don't like your home too? <laughs> you guys are painting a really depressing picture very depressing. <laughs> very much a downer here but there's like, i think i think with that there's like, can technology help us here? There's ease and access to those things too. And, you know, it's, it's, and, and again, I think in the social piece, I mean, again, like we said, balance, that can be great, you know, as couples, you know, are busy and they're not cooking together and they don't, you know, have a, a way to kind of, you know, let's say I got a shop and on, on top of all the other chores. And so it's something I think, you know, and again, that's one of the ways they market it. Like, let's take the headache out of, you know, trying new foods and being able to connect in those ways. So, yeah, I think, again, it comes back to the idea of balance. You know, I, I think it's one of those things if we are just doing that, definitely it's going to start to depress you versus, you know, how do you start to, you know, have, you know, that that engagement at home in a, in a more thoughtful, more intentional way, as well as even being able to go out to dinner every now and then. So, you know, when you try it once, uh, or twice, it would be fun. And um, I had a gift card that somebody had given me to one of these organizations. And actually, because I tried it, I'm just saying, um, it's fun. They give you the recipe, they, they give you all the uh, pieces of information, how to make this food, and they give you all the great ingredients for making the food. It's really fun. But, but imagine you're continuing doing that every time. As you said, Alex, balance is wonderful. 
but continuation of something that, you know, and I'm just thinking if restaurants gradually uh, will, you know, close or for whatever reason, um, you know, it, this is going to take over more and more because a lot of people are not into cooking and are busy. But um, with that, I want to say there's so much still to talk about technology. There's so much to talk about benefit, positives and negatives. Uh, we don't know where we are going with technology. We don't know, um, you know, what's coming next. But the, definitely something we can guess is we're going to have a huge uh, jump um, in a near future regarding technology. With that, have a wonderful Saturday. We come back tomorrow and we um, talk about another topic. سرد درختا یادگاری نبشتی با من اندوه جدایی نمیدانی چه ها نفرین به دست سر تو را از من جدا خاطرت آید که آن شب 
از جنگل ها گذشتیم بر تن سرد درختا یادگاری نوشتیم با من اندوه جدایی نمیدانی چه ها نفرین به دست سرنوشت تو را از من جدا کرد بی تو بر روی دلم را شکستی خاطراتم را به یادار هر جا بی من نشستی